Okay, so Dustin, give us give us your preferred definition of a of a brand. And I again. think that <laughs> I believe this came from the twenty two movie laws of marketing. Elrice Jack Trout classic book. I'm not positive though, so probably need to go back it up. It could have been Seth Godin. One of those one of those marketing thought leaders said, "Your brand is the single concept you own in the customer's mind." And then the example would be like, name your second favorite ketchup. Because all the examples in that book are from the 80s. <laughs> pretty yeah. funny examples like that. But um, I like that definition because when you say it to somebody, they can instantly ground themselves in what that means. But as I think we were talking, the what a brand is, is way more complex than that. <laughs> so, yeah. so that definition you guys were arguing is not sufficient. It's uh, it is Al Reese and Jack Trout, but it is from the book Positioning: The Battle for Your Mind. And positioning, um, twenty-two minutes of marketing. I think there's one other one. They were all kind of the same book, just like re repackaged. Sure. So, okay, so positioning. Okay, cool. But but the quote is yeah, a singular idea or concept that you own inside the mind of a prospect is the is the quote from the book. But <laughs> they call him a prospect. That's funny. Yeah. Um. And Mike, you had a different one that I think I, I think I resonate with. Yeah, this comes from um, this is like classic old school UK planning, which is what I default to in a lot of the strategy work I do because, well, just that's a whole other topic. Um, Paul Feldwick um, from um, DDB he said that a brand is simply a collection of perceptions in the mind of the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ferris um, Jacob. Um, talked about uh, that the image of a brand is a subjective thing. No two people, however similar, hold precisely the same view of the same brand. So then Ferris went out and said, okay, let's reformulate Paul's or just bring that insight into the definition and talk about a brand is a collective perception in the minds of the consumers. Which, you know, to Dustin's point is still kind of high and a little bit fuzzy. Like, well, give me a little bit more on that. But it's actually a starting point of understanding that, um, number one, it lives in the minds of the consumers, whoever your target audience are, are, Mm -hmm. your your prospects. And number two, it's a collective because different people have different takeaways based on their context, um, how they would define it. But unless, unless you're clear about what position brand position you want to own in the prospect's mind, then everybody's going to have their own definition of what your brand is. So you need to put a stake in the ground to be like, this is us. And then you go out there and communicate that in different ways through different channels, whether, you know, from product to pricing, to marketing, to customer service, all those things that are oriented around a brand. And then they take, hopefully they attach themselves to that and start to own it and talk about it in their terms. But it's their interpretation needs to be based on a constant. It needs to be based on something that you um, are conscious about and repeatedly putting out into the market in various different ways as as a champion of that idea. Yeah, and I think I had not heard that um, that first quote that you brought up, Mike. But I think that resonates with a version of this I have used to try to explain to people. Which to me, it feels like a a brand is the cumulative collection and you said collective, but like a cumulative group of experiences that anyone has with your brand, with your business. To me, that is what a brand is. So 
when I see an ad or I call your customer support line or I use your website or I rate a piece of content, like all those things combined create a perception from me, the consumer, about what that business is, what they stand for, what they mean, what they do, what they look like, what they sound like, all the all those cumulative moments create a perception and that perception is what your brand is. And I think inherently to your point, Mike, because you can't ensure that everyone has an identical set of experiences with your brand. Everyone's is going to be slightly different, but yes, there needs to be a unifying force. What's the thing that makes sure that each of those disparate interactions come together cumulatively to create the same idea? And that <laughs> Is the, the single realm. concept? The <laughs> single concept. Oh, yeah. see, it, that is the right definition. Because <laughs> I, I think but, you, you're, both the definitions you have are actually more technically accurate, but gra- getting somebody to understand how do you get a collective or a community of people to have a similar experience, you need to be clear on that one thing you want you want to own with them. Yeah. And, and picking that one thing in software with our clients is often really hard because they focus on what the product does. You know what it is? It's never about that. Totally. You know what it is, Dustin? It's directional, I think. So the way that you're talking about it, it's like the business takes the one thing and then filters it out through all of these different tens, thousands of touch points. And then consumers interact with some combination of those touch points. And I think the the collective or the cumulative definition is going the other way, right? Because me as a as a consumer, I don't I don't get the one thing, I get the hundred things, and that hundred things combines to create that one thing in my mind. Yeah. And so, having been on the back end having to build the architecture that allows those hundred things to allow you to tie it back to one thing. Yeah. It is really hard unless totally. you have everybody and the company aligned to that one thing. So they know when they do a return or when they call us or when they sign up right? or when they see us at a trade show, right? the one thing is coming through. <laughs> and this is why marketing gets so upset when sales starts making changes to pitch decks. And I don't mean to make that like that. I know that's a very specific thing, but for marketers that understand the importance of brand, when people start changing the narrative to meet their individual needs, you're like, oh, you're messing with a touch point. And that touch point is going to create a disconnect about how people perceive us. Yeah. The the biggest one is they just skip telling the story about, you know, why. Right. right. And so the the big change in the world, the problem, why now, you know, how it's solved without us, and then leading them to why, why, why are we've all decided to dedicate our lives to fixing this? Right. And lots of sales folks don't feel the need to do that. Yeah. And they generally end up with uh, deals that take longer to close and have a lower close win rate than people who embrace that strategy. And shorter, shorter shelf life. Right. (laughs) Those those are the revolving sales folks. So every 18 months, it's about the time that they've missed a quota and then they're into the second year of not making a quota. Then they go get another job. Um, and having hired sales folks, it's always a red flag when it's every 18 months they're, Mm -hmm. they're hopping jobs because they're essentially just able to go get a new quota somewhere else. They've been around long enough. They do talk and smell and look like they can do the job, but they actually can't. So. Yeah. Little hiring tip for sales folks. 18 months. There's better. So be here's um 
again, going back to roots, Stephen King, kind of a not that Stephen King, but a, a famous brand <laughs> planner. Um, he wrote the um, the handbook for JWT, I believe. Um, that's kind of been um, standardized, if you will. Like it's like something if you're a planner or a strategist and you're entering into um, a new organization to understand what it is you actually do. It's, this is one of the things that will be referenced um, among the community. But uh, what makes a brand successful? Number one, a coherent totality. That gets to everything that you're talking about, Dustin Ryan. Just mm-hmm. like ha- everything that we touch has to has to, the product, the packaging, the name, the style, the pricing, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it has to be unique and constantly uh, developed to stay unique. Functional yeah. and non-functional values appeals to the senses, the reason, and the emotions. Uh huh. And it has to be relevant to people's needs and desires, and it has to stay immediate and salient. And that's the thing about. Um, it's not necessarily fluid, but it has to be presented in contemporary context. It has to be relevant to the pain people are feeling. But yeah. that doesn't mean you change what the brand is. It just means how you ex- you uh, express the value proposition to make sure that it's timely and, and relevant. Yeah. Right. Timely, relevant. And so you change the channel, you change the copy, you change the, I mean, whatever you are doing to address that segment or that new need, but the, but the, uh, the inception of the story doesn't change. Yeah. So sounds like we've got, um, the definition of a brand kind of, you know, summarized. So what is branding? How is that different (laughs) than a brand? Yeah. I mean, let's talk about how we ended up on this topic. <laughs> on a Monday yeah, gonna, morning, are, are we doing the are we doing the introduction like in the middle? <laughs> now? We, we are, yeah, we're doing the. Introduction right, let's be honest. In the we were just having our team meeting. We hit record because we started. <laughs> yeah, we ha- we were having a conversation that we found valuable. We thought you might too. It's the SaaS Brand Strategy Show. Hi, my name is Ryan Copper. <laughs> That's Dustin Robertson and Mike Dracy. Uh, I'm the not preamble even the is like 20 minutes long. I'm not even putting the intro out in this episode. I'm just putting the intro music and we're going to, it's going to start with me being like, Dustin, tell us your definition of a brand. Yeah. Uh, we, as many of our topics are, we hear this a lot is I feel like a sentence that we, we say a lot. Um, but we ran into it recently as well. This, um, the concept of brand and branding and seeing folks both in our industry as well as uh, SaaS leaders not actually grokking the difference between the two things, what your brand is and what branding is, and conflating the two terms semi-regularly in such a way that we think causes um, confusion and consternation both internally and externally based on how people talk about it. So let's talk about it was what we said before we hit record and now we're talking about it (laughs) and just the theme and we roll across it all the time is that as you said they conflate the two and the because brand is further upstream from the pain or the problem that b2b SaaS is always trying to solve which is lives more in the positioning um, realm and so some people go a little upstream and they talk about branding but what actually informs branding? And and that's actually your brand. And um, entertain me for a second, because I wrote this almost a year ago when somebody, um, one of our, one of our uh, uh, it was Lockhead who wrote something bashing on branding and he got it 
he got him back. He did the same thing. He was conflating brand and branding. So I wrote this little thing and I'm going to mm-hmm. read it. Um, brand is a thing, a noun. Branding is an action. It's a verb. The two are related and interdependent, but not interchangeable. Brand yeah. is a totality of an idea, a reputation, culture, ethos, and experience, meaning the myth. And branding is the traits of the brand that made made manifest and distinct identity, aesthetic, behavior, logo, colors, typeface, et cetera, et cetera. I go on, yeah. but that's the that's the gist. No, I think that's right. I I think of branding as the um the lens that every component of your business entity passes through to unify it from a visual and written perspective. That's tone, that's voice, that's color, that's logo. That is a the the unifying lens through which all of those hundreds and thousands of touch points we talked about has to get passed through for it to appeal back to that brand concept uh in a in a complete unified way right and the bottom line is branding does not create the brand no nope and we so regularly see people who think well we've gotta change the name of our business and the logo and the colors so that we can change the company and it's like, no, 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 you don't change the company by changing the branding. If you need to make a change at your company or you need to distill and make an internal change, you need to reassess what your brand is. And that should always inform your branding because there are going to be traits and assets of the brand that need to be expressed through the branding. But it does not work the other way around. There are not traits of your brand that need to be, or you know what I'm saying. The the yeah. the, the inverse is not true that your branding is the thing that should inform your brand. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's important. Uh, words matter, and totally. uh, I think it's really important not to mix these things up because it's really hard for people in your company to already follow what you're saying. Yeah, and so if you're gonna interchangeably say, "Oh, brand," well, and here I mean logo, fonts, colors. Over here, branding. Oh, well, here I mean um, the how we're gonna design the trade show. <laughs> it's like, right. Whoa, whoa. Right. Wait, who are we? What's, right. what is, where does that fall in there? And so um, I think the example we just saw this morning was they defined brand as logos, fonts, color, yeah. which I was like, huh? No. Yeah. That's not right. <laughs> so, I but think- it is, it's just such a constant across this cat, this, this uh, market though. It's, there's just a lack of understanding and appreciation and, and, and ergo usage and application yeah. of brand strategy, which which is kind of why we're, I'm a little fired up about it. It's like there's just this <laughs> thing sitting out there that people aren't, whose fault is it? Like, is there an opportunity there to further, for us to be more successful and get more traction? Do we need to do more education about what is a brand and why does it matter to B2B? And I would say that the answer is yes. Yeah. A B2B loves a system, processes, steps. And so I think, you know, that, um, hasn't been how brand has been described. And, you know, we, the work we do is a system process and steps. Um, and so I think the more that that can get out, like here, here are the differences, follow these rules and then follow these steps and you can have a better chance at at least, um, aligning everybody to what you're trying to do. You know, you may not have nailed the words, which matter, but you know, that's when you can 
email hi at drmg.co. <laughs> we'll help you with the words. And we can. I um yeah, I was I I'm feeling a little fired up about this too, Mike, from a different uh, slightly different angle, which is also that I feel like as a as a brand marketing leader in my past life, I got a little tired of folks being like, oh, so you're like a glorified creative manager, basically. Or or you're like a creative director and you guys do all the pretty pictures. And it was like, yeah, we do. We do all the pretty pictures and we do all the words and we do all the website and we do all the strategy as it relates to how those things are going to get basically filtered into all of the corners of the business, whether that is customer success or that is sales. And being relegated to a position where uh, people think brand marketing is just pictures and words has me fired up about it because brand marketing is so much more than that. It's not branding marketing, it's brand marketing because it's marketing the brand and the part of marketing a brand, it's having a really good solid understanding of what the brand is and then handing that off to everybody in a way that's extremely digestible and allows them to sell and tell the story to other people so well that those people start selling and telling the story too. Totally. One of the uh, common denominators we hear experience when we do our stakeholder interviews with our um, with our clients um, it, as part of the R part of the rise process, the research. When we're interviewing whoever is heading up the marketing team or department, the the pain that is always expressed is that the organization treats the marketing team like a production um, um, asset that they're yes. just there to crank out, you know, all the, the sales materials, like there's, there's no strategic thinking involved. And the people that we're talking to understand, like there's a, there's a huge strategic element that's, that's there that's missing. And generally they're very excited to talk to us because we're like, yeah, that's what we're going to help you realize. But everybody, I would say almost across the board has said, we're treated like a production team and we want to do, we know we can do so much better. We just don't have the tools or the permission to do it. You know, and what that's uh, what that's triggering for me, Mike, is also that I think a big part of the reason for that is when there isn't a clearly defined strategic vision at the top of the company that's really, really digestible for everyone inside the company, then all the other teams feel like it's their job to do some strategic vision thinking for their department and then run that through the branding lens of the marketing team and get it out the door. So it's like, okay, I need to be the thinker here. And then I need the marketing team to be my production line to make it look like it's part of the company. And then I can go use it the way that I want to use it. When instead, totally. people's strategic efforts should not be around coming up with how to talk about your company. <laughs> it should be coming up with ways to take the way we talk about our company and put it into your line of business, into your department, into your team members, into your assets, whatever that might be. And yes, marketing is helpful for to be a lens for that and to be the people that are helping you do that in a way when you can't push a pixel, they can, but it's also their job to help you put it through that filter of, of the brand as well, not just branding. It's a really uh, good point, Ryan. Um, and I think that's where nailing that concept you want to own, you know, how are you different? Why does it matter is important because a lot of companies can rally just around, you know, save time, save money or something simple. Yeah. And it feels good to everybody like, okay, we all get this, but then pretty quickly, everybody is going to try to figure out their unique way of messaging that you save time and money 
because right. that those messages have a short shelf life. Right. And then you end up with everybody coming up with their own strategy of how to message this time and money message. And you actually don't even end up owning that in the consumer's mind. And no. so um, I do think there is a critical step of really getting aligned on why you exist and why it matters and getting everybody to rally around behind that. And whether you want to call it a movement, a category, um, whatever, single concept, uh, yeah. you need to make sure that it's, it's durable and it's differentiated. Totally. It's the, it's reminding me of the rowboat metaphor we use a lot, right? Like the difference between a rowboat or, or a crew boat and a triathlon. Like we say, if you're swimming in a triathlon, everyone's sort of moving in the same direction, but everyone's not moving as fast as they think they could. And they're getting kicked and punched in the face. That is that, that is that, um, that friction of everyone with their different messages and their different strategic visions for their different departments, trying to sort of put together the same message, but failing at it, um, or only doing 25% of what they could be doing, um, without that, that unifying force. I think I like Mike's, uh, definition. So the adjective noun, um, noun verb an brand is a thing. Branding yeah. is an action. Yeah. yeah. That's, that is what, that is the relationship. And everybody just needs to keep those things in their lane. And then um, everybody else can understand when, when the company's doing branding and what impact it has on the brand. And I would love to see more business leaders when people say, is it on brand? Don't tell me it's on brand because the hex codes are right. And the type, the typefaces <laughs> are right. That's not what that that is one part of something being on brand but there's a whole other part of something being on brand which is does this match our strategic vision for the company does it match the narrative that we all share the problem we are solving in the world the one thing that we do and want to own then something can be on brand but just cuz you put the colors on it doesn't make it on brand and i think more business leaders looking at that lens of things being branded versus on brand maybe i don't know if that i don't know if that tracks now we're getting too many versions of the word brand in here but you get what i'm trying to say all right we'll uh link to mike's post do we ever even post that or did you just put it on linkedin uh i think i just put it on linkedin maybe i put it out through the newsletter um, which you can subscribe to at hi <laughs> at drmg it goes out every week and it's filled with uh nuggets of of wisdom or what we think is are worth uh repeating and uh promoting i think uh this might have to be one of those ones where we we bulk out the blog post and we ship the podcast with the blog post so that we can do visual diagrams and written definitions and all of the well, I, you know, I was thinking about this this morning and it's, I wrote down, you know, what is brand and why does it matter to B2B? And it's actually got to be kind of the first chapter in the book. Yeah. Because there has, there has to be a level set of like B2B doesn't even know what a brand is and and that's totally fine. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not judging my, my paycheck, <laughs> <laughs> but there's an opportunity there. And uh, to Dustin's point, you know, I think people such as myself um, can be too fuzzy about there's, there's lack of clarity around an understanding because we talk in these highfalutin esoteric kind of um, frameworks about what it is. So to bring some concrete language and understanding and examples to it and then make it applicable and actionable um, within a B2B realm, I think will be super valuable. And, you know, 
what LinkedIn B2B Institute is doing, they're trying to do that. They're trying to to make it um, tangible and manifest uh, the idea into the market. Yeah. Um, they're they're obviously aiming at enterprise opportunities, so they're missing a, a hole underneath of the of the market because it's just they're already too high up and thinking uh, in terms of there it requires too many resources to actually pursue where they're headed or what they're advocating. Yeah. 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 That's and the thing also... is like, we all love brands. Like that's just the thing. Like we yeah. love brands to become intangible uh, uh, dynamics that become competitive uh, uh, assets for you. If you can do it the right way, when people are like, Hey, you know, I, I know these guys, I like them, you know, and there, there you go. You already have a competitive advantage, but those, that's how you build. That's how you build into That's what you built into a brand. And that's why it is applicable to B2B. Yeah, totally. I love what you said too, about, you know, the enterprise versus slightly smaller businesses, Mike too, because I do think having a really strong point of view helps smaller organizations way more than $150,000 visual rebrand, you know, like, yep. cause you don't have, you, if you don't have the resources to buy a really beautiful website and a beautiful logo and a beautiful set of typefaces, you do have the resources to be able to create that point of view, create that singular narrative, and then filter that through every component of your business. And that can be the strength of your brand on less resources and it, and creates a stronger brand than something pretty. Don't get me wrong. We love the pretty stuff too. But the pretty yep. stuff has to be informed by something else. It has to represent something. Exactly. I feel like I need a gavel. Like I need to wrap, <laughs> I need to double wrap the gavel at the end of this one. Case uh, closed. Just, just close Case it dismissed. <laughs> All right. Well, that was an episode of the Sasper and Strategy Show that we did not plan on recording in this moment, but here we are. I like it. Uh, thanks gentlemen for, uh, for beating on this door with me and thank you for listening and for sharing the show with somebody that, you know, who you think might need a refresher on the definition of brand and the definition of branding. If you hear that word misused in a meeting, send them a link to the SAS brand strategy show or send them a link to drmg.co. If you want to get in touch, it's H I hi at drmg.co. Uh, we appreciate y'all for listening and as always, we will see you next week. 